Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 328. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news, the FBI, U.S. Treasury, and CISA are warning that North Korea is actively targeting blockchain companies. They are specifically talking about the Lazarus Group, which is known to operate out of North Korea. It's pretty remarkable that a government is starving its people through policies that keep it isolated and sanctioned, and then it employs hacking groups to basically find it money to survive. Talk about work pressure. Imagine your job being to hack the planet so that your government and your country can continue to exist. Lapsus, which has become known recently for hacking Microsoft and Okta, has also hacked T-Mobile and stole its source code. T-Mobile said the method of attack was using stolen credentials on operational tool systems. The Five Eyes say Russia is planning cyber attacks against rivals supporting Ukraine. They issued an alert that said Russian attacks have the ability to compromise IT networks, steal large amounts of data, and to deploy destructive malware. Keeper security. Are your organization's passwords at risk? In the modern work environment, employees access countless apps, services, and websites. How many of those credentials are stored on sticky notes or shared on spreadsheets? How many employees just use password123 for every system? Keeper Security's enterprise password management platform enforces strong passwords and makes it easy for teams to securely share credentials. Keeper locks down login details, infrastructure credentials, confidential documents, and more in a patented zero-knowledge vault. Plus, it takes less than an hour to deploy. Get started by visiting keepersecurity.com slash unsupervised learning. Google Mandiant released a report on zero-day exploits and found that 2021 was the busiest year so far, with 80 exploits used in the wild, which was more than 2020 and 2019 combined. They also said most exploits came from state actors led by China. Israel is looking to deploy a new higher-powered laser called Iron Beam as part of its Iron Dome missile defense. The system can shoot down multiple types of threats that can't be handled accurately by missiles. And it also only costs about a dollar to fire this thing, as opposed to $100,000 for the other system. And it also works better on shorter range targets. Or in other words, things that you only learn about that are very close to you as opposed to seeing them far away. Cisco Umbrella has a default SSH key that allows the theft of admin credentials, but only in non-default situations. So if you have a default configuration, you're not vulnerable to this. QNAP says users should upgrade their NAS firmware in order to patch existing Apache vulnerabilities. And Cmetrics out of Israel raised $6 million to provide a single source of truth to CISOs regarding their risk posture. Technology news, it looks like Twitter's board is likely to accept Musk's purchase of Twitter, which, of course, Scott Galloway said would not happen. 
More on that later. Netflix is in serious trouble after a 37% stock drop due to its losing subscribers for the first time ever. Looks like they're blaming account sharing, so you should expect that to get much harder to do. And they're also looking at a cheaper ad based model to get revenues up. Amazon is getting into the AR VR headset game, which I personally think they'll do very well in this space. And the reason for that is because they ship products. They're not always great uh, the first time or even the first few times, but they iterate aggressively. I think they'll just move faster than anyone else. And while it probably won't be as good as a rumored Apple device, I think it'll likely be more innovative than both Apple and Meta. And that's just because of how fast they move. Kind of like Tesla versus BMW. Like BMW has more luxury and it's kind of a nicer feel, but you just get so many upgrades constantly from Tesla. And I I feel like that might be kind of a similar situation with like an Amazon AR VR setup. Meta is investigating Sheryl Sandberg for allegedly trying to kill a negative story about her ex-boyfriend. Kevin Rose launched his NFT called Moonbirds, and they've already sold over $200 million worth. Stripe is partnering with Twitter to pay creators using crypto. And Elon Musk has raised another $675 million to dig more tunnels for his boring company. This is the company that wants to beat traffic by creating underground tunnels between key places. So it's basically like trains, except for underground and for cars. Human news, Canada is banning foreign home buyers for two years. The move is designed to reduce price increases for Canadians due to outside investors. Basically, uh, investors are getting heavy into real estate and they're just buying up everything. And they have tons of money, more money than most Canadians, and it's hurting the market, so they're banning it for two years. The U.S. has forgiven 40,000 student loans and has provided aid for 3.6 million others. And Uber is no longer requiring masks from drivers or passengers. This despite the fact that COVID cases are up over 50% in the last two weeks. Content ideas and analysis. Disappointed in Scott Galloway. A short piece on why I like Scott and why I find myself liking him less lately. Next one here. Music might be a home for NFTs. I think I discovered a solid use of NFTs outside of the theoretical, up-and-coming music artists. So there's this really interesting service called Catalog, which is a pretty cool interface for listening to music in its own right. But the main feature is actually offering NFTs that support the artist. So think of it this way. What industry has rabid fans for little-known groups, but where artists make very little money unless they already have made it? Music, right? So. What if there are a way for artists to offer indicators of fandom, right? A way to attribute that you are, in fact, the person who was into them very early on. This is the thing that people love to say about bands that they supported. Oh, I was into them a long time ago, before they got big. Well, what if you have a digital way of doing that, right? And it, it comes with bragging rights later. And there are some services that are doing this, and you actually get a share of royalties that come in if the if the particular band or the song or whatever blows up 
So that's really powerful. To me, it feels like product market fit. Just leaves the question of implementation and adoption, which are not small things, but it's very early here. The next question is, what other spaces are similar? Where else is the market completely failing creators? And specifically where there's a fan base that would love to support these folks, but they don't have a compelling way to do so. And this is why I'm a little bit up right now on crypto slash NFTs. I feel like the first phase of just total garbage is kind of coming to an end. And now we're starting to see, okay, is this thing real? And I'm seeing some use cases that look like it, it actually is real. Uh, who knows if this iteration will finally be the, the one that sticks or if the ideas will endure and the tech will just crash. Who knows? I definitely don't know and nobody does. But I'm definitely seeing opportunities that are being left by traditional technologies that this is potentially filling. Notes. Our book club was wonderful yesterday. We talked about the three-body problem, which was the book of the month, but actually ended up talking a lot about the previous book called Things Fall Apart. One of the things that came out of the discussion was a desire to have a running UL book list. Not like the ones I put together before that are on the site, but one where all of us make recommendations that others can see. So our UL book group does a lot of reading. We end up reading many more books than the official choice of the month. And this new list will allow us to track and talk more about other recommendations while we're reading the official one. The other big thing that came out of Book Club this week was the desire to get more UL member hang time, both physically and virtually. We've been talking about a Meetspace meetup for a while, and their first one will likely be at RSA in San Francisco, assuming travel and meetups are all relatively safe. And what we're thinking about is also a dedicated one where we might pair it with a family get-together. We're thinking like Big Sur, potentially. So during the day, everyone does stuff with their families. And then at night, we have a bunch of UL discussion and hangout time. So I think that would be pretty cool. And separate from the Meet Space stuff, we're also looking more seriously at a second monthly virtual meetup. So going for a month without seeing each other is too long, we think. And uh, we're looking at making it like the second Friday of the month. So book club will be the last Sunday of the month at two o'clock PST. And the other meetup would be the second Friday, 2 p.m. PST also. We're still thinking about the content of that meeting, but I'm contemplating maybe a lightning talk from a member, like a possible theme for the meetup, which was Tim's idea that I think is good, or a possible question for all of us to answer as like the opener for the group. And then the general discussion about that topic and sharing of news from everyone. Having just read Dunbar's new book on friendship, I'm going to be looking to incorporate a lot of the wisdom from that book because it talks a whole bunch about, you know, what humans need from groups and from relationships. And I can think of no better group than the UL group to experiment with putting knowledge like this into practice. So really excited about that. Discovery, Sam Harris had an excellent conversation with Eric Schmidt on the topic of AI and its coming impact on society. NASA's Perseverance captured a solar eclipse on Mars. 
solar eclipse. That means something went in front of the sun. And in this case, it was a lumpy blob, which I thought it was like photoshopped or something. Turns out it was Phobos, Mars's moon, which is actually very small and just spectacular imagery. You got to check this thing out. Web hacking, Shabam Shah on subdomain takeovers. And CICD security, rip secrets, scan code for secrets before committing. Recommendation of the week. If you're into EDM, hip-hop, and or both, I highly suggest this new artist I just found called Great Name. Check out the Dirty Daddy track for a nice sample, which got linked in the newsletter, which for this week is the member version. And the aphorism for the week. Someone has to build the stuff. If nobody builds the stuff, there's no stuff. Somebody has to build the stuff. If nobody builds the stuff, there's no stuff. Elon Musk. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.